This COVID thing is not one of my favorites. One of my favorite pastors that I respect a lot. He's not a person who writes anything horrible, but I saw in his Facebook page uh, saying something like he you know, put X on some of the words he's writing, saying, COVID blank blank, I hate you, whatever. <laughs> and I cannot see my grandkids because of you. Oh, my goodness. But I'll be seeing my grandkids this week. I'm very excited. It's happening. It's beginning to look more like Christmas, isn't it? I don't know about you. My wife told me. I didn't really notice that much. My wife told me my neighborhood, more people are decorating for Christmas than ever before. Maybe because people have more time. And there are the Christmas lights going on. I bet you your family is busy shopping. We, you know, literally, we have at least half a dozen boxes coming to my house every single day. Old, ordered by, not me, but somebody else in my family. I will not say who, okay? A lot of them for my grandkids. A lot of Legos and whatever it might be. It's Christmas, isn't it? Everywhere the Christmas carols are being played, in the midst of all this, it is always easy, so easy to lose sight of the actual point of Christmas. And not only that, uh, our culture has a way of making the amazing, beautiful things of God in, and trivializing it, uh, trivializing it, also uh, uh, making, what do you call, uh, material, you know, making into some material things and whatever it might be. Recently, there was a movie called The Man Who Invented Christmas. I think a couple of years ago, I think. I don't know. Not, I don't think many people saw it. It was actually about, I think, Charles Dickens, about some of the, the books he wrote. But the title was very, in a way, interesting or disturbing. A man who invented Christmas as if Christmas is some human being's Invention. But to be honest, a lot of things we do in our culture on this, probably one of the most joyous holidays is probably man-made. Just, just, do the, just, just do the number a little bit. Let's say there are about seven plus million, billion people on earth. About, about one-third of the people say they are Christians, which makes about 2.3 billion people. Out of that, about 10% are, say they are practicing their faith. And meaning they're building relationship daily with God, and in, 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 I mean the word daily, praying daily. That means about ten percent, about seven. Okay, thirty percent. Thirty percent will say okay. Thirty percent will say they are born again evangelical Christians. About seven seven hundred million. Out of that, about ten percent actually live practice their faith. That down, it goes down to about 70 million, 70 million. If you think about that, out of 7 billion, 70 million, 70 million is 1%. Meaning, 1% is really connected to Christ and the meaning of what Christmas really is. That leaves 99% of our population that either is not aware of Christmas or, or, or what it all is all about or really not fully connected to it anyway. 
much of the things we create in our culture, we do trivialize and we ignore the profound, we embrace and we do not embrace the supernatural things of God. It is never more true about Christmas, isn't it? Now today I thought we will take time. I know it is always good, and we, you know, it is always good to remember and go back to consider and reflect what the point of it was. What, what do we really believe about Christmas? What is Christmas really about? Tied up to this message, I wrote, uh, I put it as, but God, I like the phrase. I was praying this week in, in one of my prayer, prayer times. I'm seeking God for God's word for this week. The phrase, but God struck out to me. Now, you will see how this title fits into message, and you need to be very, um, following me very carefully today. Let's pray a little bit. Father, we just come before you right now. We look to you. You are indeed the mighty God, the Prince of Peace, everlasting Father. You are the Almighty God, yet you came to us as a baby, even born in a manger for our sake. We worship you, we honor you as we come today, God, as we worship you. Father, I ask your nearness and presence. You, put, you, you will open our eyes, we may see you, behold you, that we fall in love with you all over again. We know your nearness, your grace, God, but we ask, encounter with the living God that you are. So come, Lord. I ask even today you'll help me and really make the words that comes out of my mouth clear and concise without a lot of stutter. Give you glory, God, in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. I needed that prayer. You know, uh, lately I noticed that I do stutter more than other days. I'm getting old, I guess. There's a verse in Scripture, um, Matthew chapter 1, verse 21 to 23, in three verses, it really summarizes the point of Christmas. I want to read in NASB a little bit, and let me read it in NASB, uh, uh, and, uh, and, and then I want to read it in another translation. It says, But when he considered this being an angel, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was is, what is spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son. And they shall call him his name Emmanuel, which translates, me, me, translated means God with us. I want to just consider the point of Christmas today. Now, let me just give a little background. Now, I know you know this, and maybe if you have not read the Gospel of Luke lately, let me give you a background of, of this, this, this passage. Background really it starts with a, a prophet, an old prophet named Zechariah. 
he goes temple to temple to uh, sacrifice. While he was in temple, he had a, an angel visits him, had an encounter with him, and he is stunned, and and the, and, and he becomes mute because he didn't want to believe what he didn't believe what the angel said that his old wife who was barren, Elizabeth, will be pregnant. And he's supposed to name the baby John. Now, Elizabeth does become pregnant with John the Baptist. Six months later, an angel shows up to Mary and declares, Blessed are you among women, and goes on to tell her how the power of God will come upon her and she will be carrying the Messiah. And, this, and, you know, and as startling as this announcement was, she ponders and she believes. Now, here's the kicker of the story. Now, you know, then Mary goes to see Elizabeth, who is her cousin, who is going to have a baby and stays with her for about three months until she has baby. By the time she comes back, she's pregnant. She's not showing. Now, you know, she is engaged to marry Joseph. Think about this, three months away in some, somewhere. And she comes back showing all the rumors that will go around. Now Joseph, Bible says, he was a righteous man. He didn't want to shame her publicly, so he was going to let her, you know, divorce her baby, you know, and let her go very quietly. But, but in the, as this passage says, angel shows up to tell him the message which will be a game changer for his life. Just think about this, you know, we can think about the story in this, you know, really from the perspective of marriage was, must have been such a difficult thing. I mean, and, and, and the fact, not only the, the promise upon God is great, but the price she has to pay was not easy. A unmarried young woman becoming pregnant, yes, by the power of God, but, and, and then she has to deal with that. But on the other hand, here is Joseph, his fiance, comes back after visiting her, her, her cousin, pregnant. All the people are saying all kind of thing. He had a choice to make. He can let her out and people stone her to death. He'll throw the stone to her as well or let her go. And he was planning to just quietly divorce her and let her go. But the angel shows up. This is the background of this, this passage that we looked at. Now, I want, you to look, I want to read in, um, I'm asking the guys in the back to help me with the PowerPoint, so I don't have to deal with this. I want to read from new, one of the new Bibles I'm reading, complete Jewish Bible. Let me read from that translation. And verse 20, while he was thinking about this, an angel of Adonai, the Lord, appeared to him in a dream and said, Yosef, son of David, do not be afraid to take Miriam home with you as your wife. For what has been conceived in her is from Ruach HaKodesh, Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to call, to name him Yeshua, which literally means Adonai, the Lord saved. You know that name, Jesus, is not just a name, it's a meaning. Meaning is God saves. That's the name. 
And look at what it says. Because he will save his people from their sin. This is what the point of Christmas, the point of Christmas is the Son of God coming on earth. His name is supposed to be Yeshua, God who saves, because he will save his people from their sin. All this happened in order to fulfill what Adonai, the Lord, has said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and bear a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Interesting, isn't it? This is how you suppose. We put it in one word in English, Emmanuel, God, with us. El is God, God with us. The name means God is with us. Just, just, just in a coincidence, the Jewish congregation that meets here on, on, on Saturdays, the oldest uh, Messianic congregation in the United States, the name is Emmanuel Messianic Jewish Congregation. God with us. Really, they are affirming Jesus, God, the one who's called God who saves came as a Messiah. Now, so this is the thing when I looked at. The point of Christmas really is God came to save. This is what I was, really God was convicting me as I in my prayer. You know, we can think about Christmas men in different ways. But why did, why did, why the point of, why the point of Christmas? What is the point of Christmas? What is God saying? He came to save from something. We needed to be saved. People needed to be saved. It says, um, you see, um, we look at this baby who was to be born, and this God, mighty God who comes, and he, that the sovereign God, comes as a baby. Why? To forgive, to save us from sin. The problem God put, pointing is that it is we have sin issues in our lives. You see, this is not in my notes. I, mean, I just need to make a one small comment here. When you study any religion, every religion, every religion in the world, I've studied, I took time to study those religions. Every religion will de- de- describe the problem in the world, and they will say what it is. And then and they will give an answer. For Christians, for us, God says the problem in this world is not the government. The problem in the world is not uh, that, and, and that any other thing but sin. And the sin is the issue problem. And God's solution for the problem in this world is the save, Savior will save us from sin. And often people think that government will change things. God, government will make things right. Or the right leader will change things. Our answers in the world is not in education, not in all those things. It is sin issue. Because sin creates relational problem, first of all. In Isaiah 59, verse 1 and 2, this is what God says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not so short that it cannot save, nor is his ear so dull he cannot hear. But your iniquities, have made a separation between you and your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. The problem is sin separates. 
relationship. Sin separates God from us. We are separated from God because of sin. Sin separates relationships. Husband and wife are separated by sin. And, and, and things in life, every relationship in this world, uh, when sin comes in, it breaks. We have a, we have a sin, sin problem. Secondly, sin is an eternity issue. It's not only a relational problem. Sin is an eternity issue. John 3, 16, one of our favorite verses in the Bible. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son so that, in order that, that whoever believes in him shall not perish because everybody's perishing, but they will have everlasting life. You see, without God coming and saving us from the problem of sin in our lives, we have no eternity with God. Our lives, you know, we build homes in, on this world, and, and yet there is an eternal, eternal home that God is preparing for us. Have you ever, do you, do you ever crave for, cre, cre, for that? Do you ever wait for that? I'm not saying we wanna, I want to die right now and go there now. I'm not saying that, but... I'm not, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not saying, but the thing is, the, the day is a better home, greater home, eternal home that God is preparing for those who trust in him. Do we, do we wait for God's face? Do we wait to experience what's waiting for us there? I want to I wanna challenge you. I want to invite you. Live that now, not later. Thirdly, sin is a spiritual problem. In Romans 6.23, it says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, the free gift of God, is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You see, if sin is a spiritual problem, no one can, no one can Handle except our God. The, the result of sin is death, but it is free gift of God that gives us life. And he alone can do that. And I want you to look at the phrases. It says, the free gift of God. It is a gift, free gift of God. And the, really, that's what Jesus Christ coming as a baby God coming on earth, coming on earth to save his people from sin is about. The point is about God coming to save us from sin. That really the phrase that really stuck out to me in my prayer was the but God. Meaning, this really God was making me to remind me and making me to think about this. And I was rejoicing and giving God glory. There was, you know, the phrase, but God. There are a number of verses let me share with you. In Romans chapter 5, verse 6 through 8, for while we were still sinners, at the right time God died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for a good man, a good woman, some would dare even to die. But God demonstrated his love, his own love toward us. How? In that, by, in that, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But God, even though we didn't deserve it, we are sinners. We were disobedient to God, rebellious to God. We didn't deserve any of those. But God, 
demonstrate his love by sending his son, Jesus Christ. The, the, this, is, this is my favorite verse, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 to 7. But God, being rich in mercy because of his, his great love with which he loved us, even when you're dead in our transgression, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him, seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In Ephesians 2, verse 1 through 3, talks about how we were dead in sin. We were living according to the way of this world. We were living by the Satan, the prince of the air. We were living according to the lust. We were living, we were living in sin. We are all children of wrath, just like everyone else. He said, but... God, but God, I love that, but God, look at this, in this verse, I know, I just read it already, I know we know this, for God so loved the world that he gave, he gave, when you love, you cannot but give, isn't that true, I tell you, you know, with with, with, my, with growing number of my grandkids, my wife goes haywire on Christmas time. And, you know, and she cannot but you know, look at everything in Amazon. And she thinks everything in Amazon is for my grandkids. I tell you, and, and when you love someone, you give. And I am not good at buying gifts. I, I must not love anyone. But, and my wife, you know, and she goes out shopping and she'll find things for me, not for her. She always finds things for me, not for her, herself. Love gives. And God demonstrates his love by giving his son, Jesus Christ. That's what Christmas is, isn't it? So that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but eternal life. Look at the next verse. And, and this is uh, one of those uh, famous verses for uh, Christmas time. The coming of Christ. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us. Talking about Christ, the coming, God coming on earth as a baby. That's God talking about this. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Christ, God, Christ came, Son of God came as a baby to save us from the, uh, all the pro- sins of the problem, the, uh, the sins in our lives. He comes as a Prince of Peace. He comes as a mighty God. He says nothing he cannot do. He comes as a, as a wonderful counselor. And when, when we come to him, he comes as my Lord, my, the Lord is my shepherd, good shepherd, who cares for his sheep. He watches over his sheep, who lead, leads his sheep to the green pastures, make them lay, lay down, take them to the still waters. When, he, when, when we walk through the valley of shadow of death, that shepherd walks with us. Guys, that's the sh- that's the shepherd, God, the God who is near, God is relational, who came to us. That's what Christmas is about. But God, I love it. It's Christmas time. God is really de- declaring that he is but God who loves those people 
who didn't deserve anything. Yet out of his love, he gave one and only son. It was so, uh, so funny. When, and, when, and I was thinking about how, you know, when, when they were sharing as they're planning to go out, they're in the process of moving to uh, Southeast Asia, worried about the children and, and having a difficult time. You know, you know, I don't know if you noticed, this is not in my notes, I don't know if you noticed when, when we pen pastors give benediction at the end of the message, right, end of the sermon, right, end of the service, we say, now the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and love of God the Father, we attribute the love to God the Father more than the Son. We talk about grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, love of God the Father. It was, it was Father's love who chose, decided to give his Son that love, that is what we are celebrating on Christmas. So question is, so what? So what? How shall we live with this truth? If the Christmas, really the point of Christmas is the God who came to save us from the sins in our lives and comes as a God who is eternal, God who restores relationship, God who... God who is so relationship, God who, uh, uh, God who um, reestablishes eternity in us. God who strengthens us. God who goes with us. God who does something that we can never do for ourselves. That God, and, and, and that God came out of his love. Then how shall he live? So, so what then? Just a few things I thought about. One, just easy, simplest, understand the need. The need. Understand the why of Christmas. Why did Christ come? Why did the baby born in manger? Because the need we had, need we had was salvation from the power and destruction of sin in this life. The penalty of sin in this, in this world. Remember, Embrace that. Remember, understand what this is about. It was not about all the other things, all the other uh, the things that came about, but about the need that we had. Secondly, embrace God's solution, God's gift. Embrace God's gift, the gift of his son who came to save us, save the world. He will give us et eternal life and who came to us. Thirdly, celebrate or reflect the light, I would say. Celebrate. Think about this a little bit. And I want, this is what I want to spend time a little bit. Um, reflect. And how do we celebrate his coming? How do we reflect? There is a um, thought that came to me. Why do we give gifts on Christmas? Because this was to reflect the greatest gift God has given to us. That is what gift-giving is about. It's about we suppose reflect the God, his love, how he gave us the greatest gift that we could ever even imagine. That's what gift-giving is about. He gave us the gift that we needed the most. And he gave so much more, more than that. Christmas is about displaying God, isn't it? It, it? Christmas is about reflecting, uh, reflecting, uh, displaying God in this world. What we do, how we live this life in this season, we're supposed to display and reflect God's great love for us. 
Let me ask the one simple question. Is there something or tradition that you do in your home that reflects the real purpose, the real point of Christmas? Think about that. Is there something or tradition that you do in your house, in your home, that reflects the real purpose, the real point of Christmas? You know, one of the traditions we have in our Hope Church is probably last 12 years or so, this will be our 13th year, last 12 years, every Christmas day, actually, we will go out, some of us will go out to a hospital where Rana is, and, you know, and we actually you know, share meal food with the workers there, and we go to every room, every room, and sing Christmas carols, we pray for the people, for the people, Patients who are there who cannot move, who are stuck there on this Christmas day. Something that I learned to do over 30 years ago. And what is Christmas? And what Christ came to do? God came to us where our needs are and brought the good news, brought his salvation to us. Christmas is a season to really reflect God who is the light of the world, right? So reflect that in how you love people and how you relate with people. Slow down and notice things around you. Help when you can. What a great time it is this Christmas season to help those around, those in need. Give a little extra to keep your, keep your eyes open for things that you can do and when you are with your family, love on them. But probably more than anything else, Tell the story of what God has done, how the Son of God came on earth. Tell the story. One, one, one pastor talked about how what, what they do is in their home, they have a, this, this figurines of a manger with all different characters. And when the, the family gather, each person will take one of those characters. It may be, it, it may be a sheep. It may be a, you know, a uh, shepherd, it may be Mary or Joseph, even a baby, and with that, people take turn around telling the story from their pers- perspective of the whatever you, the, the you're holding on to. And they tell stories each Christmas and, and remember what God has done. Another pastor I, I, I heard, what he does is when, they, when the family gathers to celebrate Christmas, the youngest of them all, hopefully they're Youngest of them all will choose a Bible story and let, the, let that little one share the story about Christmas. Oh, and the Bible tells us to share, tell the stories of what God has done. And the thing is, in this, Christmas, in this season, especially if 99% are not connected to Christ, if 99% really do not know what it means, what the point of Christmas is, what a time for us to share and tell the stories of what God has done, what he came to do. Is there a tradition or something that you do in your home that reflects the real purpose, the real point of Christmas? One thing I want to encourage you is this. Pray to God. Put someone in your heart to reach out in a special way. It could be a word of encouragement. It's just, just, just being encouraged. You can be some monetary thing or anything. Ask God and you'll find God will put different people in your heart 
that you can really be uh, able to stretch, uh, reach out. I'm almost done. Finally, finally, this is not in my notes or PowerPoints. Finally, one of, the, you know, one of, one of my favorite carols, Christmas carols is, there are many of them, right? You, 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 you thought I would say joy to the world, but not, not that one. The O Holy Night. Remember that song? O Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior. You know, that, that's, you know so that's, I love that song. There's a, in the middle of the song, in the, when it comes to chorus, there's a powerful change of strength in the song. It says, Fall on your knees, oh, hear the angel voices. That carol, the climax really is, fall on your knees. That's really the point, and that's the, really, I love the point. When you hear that carol, right, when you hear this, fall on your knees, it makes you, makes you feel like, I want to get on my knees. Physically, I want to challenge you to fall on your knees before him who came to save us. Fall on your knees to worship him who came, who loved us. Is there anything in your life you're still holding on to? You need to let it go. Fall on your knees and thank him for what he has done. May this Christmas, may this season be the season. Remember what Christmas is really all about. It's about, but God. Even though we didn't, we didn't deserve it, even though we didn't earn it, but God, even though we were just desperate, we were dead in sin, but God, rich in his mercy, he demonstrated his love to us by giving his one and only son. But God.